Hey everybody, welcome to FCN Sunday edition. I am Jayco. You can follow me at Jayco is it. And to my right, as always, the revolution. Hey. How you doing today, sir? Um, you know, I'm I'm having a uh a okay day. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I, I want you to go ahead and, and talk about that if you can address that issue with the viewers and, and let us know what's going on. Okay. Uh, so first and foremost, I want to say uh, really uh, thank you to all the FCN on-air talent and behind-the-scenes uh, staff who have really stepped up for my absence of not being here in the studio and um, have picked up my slack for writing and editing in my absence a lot of you may not have known but uh, in January late January um, I had a, a really bad head injury um, and I'm sorry sometimes I get um, really slow um, figuring out words and stuff like that and uh, which resulted in in me not being able to do a lot mm -hmm. um so i know a lot of people like huh i don't get a chance to see the revolution a lot or hear from them a lot um a lot of stuff uh, i'm not able to come to the studio mm -hmm. i'm not able to leave right. home or even my bed most of the time right. because i'm managing a lot of pain um most of the time and i'm not able to use my phone i'm not able to sit in front of televisions or laptops um right and you know so uh, so today isn't a, a really bad day um, the medication that they have me on mm -hmm. um, it helps uh, but it's not you know a cure-all right. it's kind of like a band-aid mm -hmm. mm -hmm. so uh, I just want to say thank you all for everyone that that did know um, for these last couple months and that have checked on me um, especially the FCN uh, mm -hmm. talent and behind-the-scenes people who have checked on me. I want to say thank you all and friends out there who have recently found out because, you know, I'm kind of a secretive person and I don't like worrying people, but it's kind of got to the point now where I felt like I should kind of share it yeah. because it's it's not getting better. Right. And so... Right, yeah, that progress is not what we thought it would be. Yeah, it's not where I thought it would be. And so I just kind of thought I would just let everyone know out there uh, what's going on. So, yep. That's it. Uh, my life sucks. So, yep. Uh, All right. Yep. I, that was an interesting ending. I wasn't ready for that one. You wasn't ready for my life sucks. Uh, no. Okay. But I, I I do I do know uh, from descriptions kind of what you've been going through, and I mean we're we're here. You know we've been supporting you as best we can, so we are glad to have you. Thank you. For sure. Whenever we can get you. Thank FCN you. FCN is better with the revolution thank you you know what's better is i this chair is better it's not it's not so wobbly well it's not that it's wobbly it's just i'm a total fat ass and so this chair doesn't make me feel like a total fat ass today mm -hmm. like i sat down i was like oh okay i don't feel like i'm going to die today because normally this chair makes me feel like i'm going to die so i'm glad <laughs> that you don't feel like you're going to die yes all right which you're not nobody dies on FCN Sunday edition. Mm -hmm. Some of the other shows, I can't speak on it. Yes. So, speak on it. I see what you did there. <laughs> Clever man. 7 p.m. today. Clever man. Uh, all right, so we hey, we have 
a great show. Today. We have a very Listen, weighted got show. Lots of good topics. Yes. Um, you want you ready? To just kick right into it. <laughs> kick a little something. Them cars that be bumping. All right. Yeah. So top story today. Michael Smith decided he's gonna leave the ESPN six o'clock Sports Center, which is just about a month after Jamil Hill decided she was out. Yeah. So. I mean, and, and that in itself, I mean, it is news, but I think the reaction that has surrounded them and is surrounding this um, is, you know, really what has caused me to be like, I need to talk about this. Yeah. Um, so Jamil Hill left about a month ago, right? Yeah. Uh, she and we actually discussed that, I want to say, on a Sunday edition when it happened. Yeah. Um, you know, we were kind of speculating why did she decide to leave, but pretty much, you know, a lot of a lot of pressure um on her mm -hmm. you know to be a certain kind of way that she didn't want to be she didn't wasn't getting the freedom michael hill has uh, echoed those statements very recently uh, mm -hmm. right before he announced that he was uh coming off of the six o'clock sports center show yes um so you know basically saying espn wants them to be a certain way doesn't want them to talk about certain topics want you know what i mean doesn't allow for as much of their own themselves and their creativity to come onto this show which to my knowledge, was why they went from his and hers Absolutely. to the sports center. Like, they moved them because of the ratings and the publicity and the popularity that they were gaining from being those people Absolutely. on his and hers. That was a total uh, bunch of BS. Yeah. They, they kept, mo listen, they kept moving up the ESPN ladder yeah. because of their personality. Exactly. Per personality, excuse exactly. me. They totally um, were promoted when it was uh what was it numbers never lie mm, uh th yeah i think that was it it was I, numbers I, I wasn't watching back then but you yeah. wasn't watching back then no. so when it was michael smith mm -hmm. was on numbers never lie and jamel hill was just jumping around mm -hmm. from show to show right and then uh they were friends and people were talking about the chemistry that they had mm -hmm. then they were doing a podcast together if i'm not mistaken don't yes, quote no, me on that this. is correct they were doing a podcast together mm -hmm. and then he had gotten to it uh with the uh what's his name uh ex-football player and they got into it at a black journalist conference mm -hmm. and he called uh michael smith um uh, some uh racially charged you know black racially charged yes. epithets yep. uh, basically calling him an uncle tom mm -hmm. and you know yeah, yeah. some light-skinned kind of yeah. you know talk you know you old so-and-so ass, you know. <laughs> right. And so that basically got him fired, mm -hmm. right? So it opened up a spot, uh, and they was like, hey, we'll bring Jamel in. Mm -hmm. So it was, they brought Jamel in, and they reformatted it to uh, His and Hers, yep. which they were doing on their podcast. Yep. His and hers blew up. Yeah, they started doing all those movie skits, style skits and, and promos. And just, Everything was just popping. Mm -hmm. Everything was going in their favor, mm -hmm. and then they were like, "Hey, man, let's move this to to the six to the six. And They rebranded the six, like it was. They redid the look of it, like to fit these two to fit them. Yeah, and it had been called the six for a while, but they really were like, "Okay, this is what it's called." And this is were, you. people were even thinking, "Oh, they're renaming it." For them, no, it, they always referred to it as the six. It was always the six. They're just branding it now. Yes. To to say, hey, this is new, and here's yes. our, our guy and gal. Yes. Right. So, on 
on from there. That was February of 2017. Okay. Right? That they started hosting. Mm -hmm. So Jamil is Jamil. Yeah. Has not changed. I've been reading her when she was just writing. Yes. Has not changed. Yes. From that, she's been with ESPN for about 11 years. Yeah. Tweeted some things, you know, that ESPN didn't like. There, there was comments before the Trump comments mm -hmm. that, that got her in hot water or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so it was a couple incidents and she got suspended, you know. And then, of course, Trump magically makes statements and people just go along with the narrative, right? Yeah. So he's like, well, this is why, you know, ratings are down. And this goes into the whole, you know, football players not being political during the national anthem. Basketball players shut up and dribble, right? White people just don't want black people to tell them, you know, hey, we're, we need something, we have something to say. Yeah. This is, everything is not okay. I'm actually gonna talk about this on um, tomorrow's Prime News. Uh, Michael Bennett, who was recently traded from Seattle, um, uh, the Seattle Seahawks football, mm -hmm just wrote a book and is about to come out called Things That Make White People Uncomfortable, right? So these are things that make white people uncomfortable. When black people say, hey, we don't like this, we feel like this should be changed. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna tell you while you're watching us entertain you. And even though the percentage of their political statements versus sports is probably like what less than a one percent okay they're reporting sports all the time that less than one percent is enough to people say oh you're just talking about politics there's no place just report just play blah 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 right mm. so michael decides he's going to retire this is not the only person that says something this is just kind of a, a microcosm of what all the white people who are happy that this is going on and who are blaming these people has said Mike North on Twitter, some guy in Chicago. I don't know what he does. No, no, he's not in Chicago. Don't put that. No, oh, no, no. Sorry, he's in Park Ridge, Illinois. Yes. He's in Park Ridge, Illinois, which, for those of you who don't know, I dated one white woman my whole life, and she was from Park Ridge. So I know that city intimately. And it is the whitest of the honkified white cities, suburbs in this country. May not be the whitest, but it's tied for some other places. There's no place whiter, okay? So he's from Park Ridge. He's in Park Ridge, Illinois. I don't know where he's from. I don't care. Yeah. And he tweets, Michael Smith gone from ESPN TV and will be reassigned after he and his partner helped destroy ESPN numbers and caused massive layoffs. Okay. So let's talk about the numbers, shall we? Let's go into this claim that they are the cause of ESPN ratings Please. going down and the ESPN layoffs. Please. There was a recent ESPN layoff this last December, yes. right? Which was the first ESPN layoff of big numbers, right? Yeah. No, it wasn't the first. No. They had another layoff previous to this. A big layoff where they Huge. lost big names. They lost a lot of people that had been with the company. This was... I don't remember exactly, but it was about a year before this layoff, right? So, before Michael and Jamil were on the six. Yes. Okay? And if it happened around that time, they hadn't been on there long enough to make any kind of waves or no, changes. No, 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 it wasn't the six. But it, it was before they yes. were on there, right? So, 2000, I'm gonna tell you, the, the ratings for ESPN have begun to drop since 2014. 
From 14 to 15, there was a 7% drop in ratings. From 15 to 16, there was an 11% drop in ratings. Um, where were Michael and Jamil during this time? 2014, 2016, not hosting the 6 o'clock ESPN Sports Center, which the reason why we're talking about that is that is the most popular, the most watched ESPN Sports Center because they got them all day, right? This is when, this is actually the reason why they got to that slot because right. ratings were going down and they said people want to watch these two. Yes. So people are blaming them for ratings going down. People are blaming them for causing layoffs, which is so freaking ridiculous. Why is ESPN actually losing ratings, Raybo? In your estimation. In my estimation? Yes. Um, well, here's the thing. When that was happening, I, I believe that ESPN was the leader. Okay. The worldwide leader. The worldwide leader. And you want to know why ESPN was a worldwide leader? Tell me. Because ESPN was doing innovative reporting. They were fun. They were, they were, mm -hmm. re remember when people started calling the NFL the no fun league? Yes. Right? Yep. Because you used to be able to dance, you used to do the mm -hmm. NF, you know, the, the end zone dancing, yep. you used to be able to have fun. And you used to turn into NF, I mean, to um, ESPN, mm -hmm. and they used to do all the booyah and, yeah. and uh, all these weird little yes. uh, isms that you could only get from ESPN. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right? And everyone was like, who are these weirdos? What is going on? Because you used to be able to only see weird sports on ESPN. Then you could only see weird sports anchors mm -hmm. and uh, reporters and analysts on there. And, and then they started to take themselves too serious. Then when you started getting these guys who started getting paid all this money. Mm -hmm. and they, To be journalists. To be journalists. Mm -hmm. And now, like, no, I'm an ESPN journalist. I'm a, I'm an NFL hard-nosed hitting journalist. And once, I'm gonna tell you this. Once they got this is this is my opinion. Once they got that NFL contract, mm -hmm. once they got Monday Night Football, mm -hmm. everything changed. Mm -hmm. Everything changed. Can I add to that? Sure. What else changed about ESPN? What's that? Disney. Disney bought them out. Yeah. Owned, owned them. Yeah. That was another big change. Yeah. So now we are homogenizing yeah. ESPN, right? Yeah. We are making this the standard. We are making this straightforward. <laughs> Robot doing reporting news, right? So they got NFL football. They had to change. They they canceled a show that they were producing. Oh yeah. Because the NFL didn't like it. Because the NFL did. Too close to home. Listen, and that show, what was the name of that show? Monday Night, I don't remember. No, 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 no. It was, it was, it was so good. Yeah. And it, what's funny is it's, it was no different than what's happening right now on the show on HBO with The Rock. Right. Uh, right. It was no different. But the NFL has no reach into, into HBO, so. No, but yes, they do. because oh, they, they do have a show on that. No, but the NFL has given HBO the rights to their teams. That's right, and they're using they're using NFL yeah, teams. Yeah, they using NFL teams? No, they, they weren't. It was a no. it was a created yes because they didn't have the rights. And they were listen. It was just bizarre. It was mm -hmm. bizarre, and so they canceled it. Mm -hmm. 
It, it was bizarre, yeah. man. It was bizarre. Yeah. I don't know. So, so, so let me add to that. Yeah. Because I absolutely agree with your analysis. So ESPN became a monolith. Yes. We got ESPN. We got ESPN two. We got ESPN News. We got ESPN College. We yeah. got ESPN uh, Deportes. Deportes. Yes. All right. So they they invest all this into television, mm-hmm. cable television, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh yeah, this is the way to go, and they start growing and they get big, and then. They stopped. They didn't. They, they failed to update their business model. They they failed to update their broadcast strategy. Right. Mm-hmm. So people start cutting cords. Right. This is a phenomenon that's happened over the last. Yeah. I want to say probably maybe started a decade, but really ramped up over the past five years. About, I'd say I'd say really heavy. I'd say really heavy mm-hmm. in the last three to five years yeah. like really heavy right. in the last three to five right so you know you got people like me who stopped paying for cable mm-hmm. so i'm only going to go on there and watch specifically what i want to watch and i can find it places yeah right and i can go in and i can see hot takes from anybody i want to yeah really um and then you know your online model you know they 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 had the grant land which was huge and then they split with bill simmons because they had problems with bill simmons right so that shut down. And then they have uh, you know, their online website. And then you got competition like um, Bleacher Report, who you know, is not tied to you know, these Disney's and NFL's and is reporting more real, you know what I mean? More, yeah, hey, Somebody this is what's them. happening. Yeah, but, but they, of course, but they're, they are not yet yes. to the point of yeah. what ESPN is. Yeah. Um, you got even, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of theirs, but Barstool Sports, yeah. you know, putting out content and, and, be, and gaining in popularity. So you got all these other choices and ESPN has not updated. No, yet. because the, they got corporate, man. The, once you, once you have shareholders, man, mm-hmm. once you have those entities, it's over. Yeah. It's over, you know, like, and it's the suits. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. It's not youthful. It's they, listen, man. They don't have them. Mm-hmm. Them two were the people that were bringing in this. Let me be very clear here. Yep. Let me be very clear. ESPN knew what they were doing by saying, "Hey, they engage people on social media. They move the needle yes. on social media. Yes. They knew what they were doing by hiring them. Yeah. They listen, listen. I I know this for a fact. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says. I used to I." I don't dislike Michael, but right. sometimes I find Michael to be disingenuous. Mm-hmm. I find him to be very disingenuous, and I find him to be, um, I find him to be like a lot of people out there who, you know, would do and say one thing on camera and to be, and to be whatever he has to be to be successful. Right. You know, I don't find him to be like I said, a genuine person. Mm-hmm. Right. I think Jamel is. I don't think oh, Michael yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And so one day I called Michael out. I was like, uh, fam, why do you have a Batman mug and you work for Disney? Uh, why do y'all let him? Who's the producer that allows him to have a Warner Brother? Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the enemies like I literally caught and I added him added ESPN. I added every show mm-hmm. and listen to what I tell you the next day that, <laughs> that mug was gone. Was gone. <laughs> Do you hear me? The next day that mug was out of here. And I was like, <laughs> small victories, symbolic victories from the trollinator. <laughs> and so, you know, they engage. 
Nobody else, the 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 Jaws, yeah. these old dudes were not engaging. Yeah, not even and, like Greenberg and, and none of them. And 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 what's his name? Uh, you said Grantland. Um, uh, Simmons. Bill Simmons engages. He engages. And he engages absolutely. And guess what? You all don't like because they dip off into more than just sports. Because this, like, what do you all think it's going to happen? It what's the word that everybody uses now? I just can't keep up with y'all buzzwords. Inter intersectionality. Yeah, I hate that. Word. I hate word. all y'all words, man. And I man. swear, people, ninety nine percent of the time, use it wrong. All y'all words. I hate all these buzzwords. <laughs> I promise to God, I hate y'all. I hate all you people who went to community college, and then you all read one book, and and some of y'all didn't even go to community college. Y'all just found a book. Google shit. You just heard something. No, no, no. Let's be clear. They're not reading books. They're Googling. Oh, they're, they're not even Googling. They're following their fave who went to college who said something, and then they just repeat it and try to keep it in the context in which they said it. So you guys are just, you know, what, what was the what was the drug that they just kept stepping on that your boy was, I don't care if you call it boo dog shit. Like, it's just like Frank and fringe. Frank, I don't like these words, like Frank. These words. <laughs> you know, and, and so the, you, you're gonna get these people who are gonna talk more than sports. I, I say this rant, <laughs> that's old word for you, young people who are Snapchatting. <laughs> And intersecting, intersecting everything. Intersecting your realities. Yeah, you're, you're all your cross worlds and multiple realities. Yeah, yeah. That, that You're going to dip off into different topics. Yeah. You're, you're not going to get the LeBron Jameses and the Kevin Durant's just shut up and dribble. That these people have brands, they have families, mm -hmm. they have friends, they vote, they purchase. They're going to talk about the, the, the stores that they like. They're going to talk about the politicians that aren't doing things th that they like in their neighborhoods. Like, what are you talking about? So they're just supposed to. So you want somebody to just go to work yeah. and do. Listen, tell me the job that you have that nobody talks politics at work. Tell me the job that you have that no one brings up their religion. Tell me the job that you have that no one talks about sex. Tell me the job that you have that nobody talks about class. You please tell me that. that please tell me the job that you have had in the last 10 to 15 years where sex, religion, class, politics have never come up within a five day, eight hour, 40 hour work week. I will wait. Wait, so that hasn't happened? Oh no, that's so that hasn't happened. Non-existent. Okay, so then, so then, how big of a fool would I be to tell you to shut up and write, mm -hmm. to shut up and code, to shut up and edit? That's ridiculous, right? Yep. So then, why would you hold Jamel or anyone's feet to any fire to tell them to just be professional, just report, just dribble? Just, you know, listen, man, listen. It's absolutely asinine. It's absolutely insulting. It's insulting to tell someone to do that. 
It's insulting. Yes. So wh what is that really saying? What is that truthfully saying? Get to, get to telling me what is that truthfully saying because it, I want to kind of get out of that yeah. because I'm I'm going to get fired up here because what is that really saying? It is saying that Blake basically to uh, rephrase an old adage, black yeah. people are to be seen and not heard. Oh, okay. I want to see you. I want you to entertain me in the way I want to be entertained. Yeah. But don't do anything else because I don't want to look at you as a human outside of my TV screen. Oh. Outside of my phone screen. Oh. So just entertain me. Yeah. Just, just, just shuck and jive. Shuck and jive. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. Oh, okay. That's well, what we want you to do. Okay. Well, uh, good luck to you, Michael. I don't hate on you. I know you have a wife. You have kids. You have a beautiful family. Uh, I think you're talented. You wouldn't have gotten here. Um, like I said, I just personally just mm -hmm. think he's a disingenuous guy. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think he's a bit of a phony, but but I think he's a talented phony. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think he's a talented phony. Right. I think Jamel is very talented. I think. L let me be honest here. Let me be honest. If Jamel were a man, mm -hmm. Jamel would be. Uh, Jalen Rose and she, she'd call. have she who interestingly enough is gonna be on Mike Greenberg's new radio show yep and and how how many faux pas have Jalen had oh yeah quite a few and he hasn't been no nope. drag nothing. No, nothing nothing he has called all kinds of people out he has done all kind of said all yeah. Listen, and they're both from the same place. Yep. And but she's a woman, and yep. she's a black woman. Yep. You know what That's I mean? Double, like, don't I don't want to hear from you at all. I don't want to hear from you at all. You are the barely. Fact, I mean, people are mad. The fact that she's on their TV screen, period, pisses period. a lot of white people off. Period. You know, looking at looking at yeah. messages and tweets and shit period. like that. So, period. Uh, yeah. So ESPN is gonna be like that right there, desk with no people. Um. <laughs> You know, they're, they are failing, and they are failing the way the most of America is failing right now. Yes. In that they feel like there should be a divide between what black people are giving us and what they are trying to get. They want what they want. They do. They want what they want. So, All right. there we go. Um, so, up next, we will be discussing RuPaul. We're going to bring Trezene on uh, okay. to have that conversation with you, his recent comments uh, about transgenders being on his show. So we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back.
Tresnet here. So excited to be back on the Sunday edition after a two-week hiatus <laughs> from the show. I was uh, doing some investigative reporting. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the South. Getting ready for a, a huge story. <laughs> Hi, Revolution. How are you? Yeah. I've already uh, dealt I know. With I'm just excited to be back. Yeah. Okay. All right. Get to it. Get to it. Okay. So, um, last week... Um, RuPaul did an interview for The Guardian. Okay. Um, and uh, it was nice to read that article. He basically talked about his life uh, growing up. He talked about his rise to fame, uh, learning that he was different and learning how to capitalize on that difference. Um, he mm. also talked about his wildly mm. successful show, RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah. um, which I, I have come to love to watch. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about the success of that show. Um, and the interviewer, who I thought did an amazing job, really mm -hmm. asking some really great questions, went in and talked about the actual political message of RuPaul's Drag Race and asked him, is there a message in this show? He said, absolutely, there's a message. And this message, he says, it's a message about humanity. He said, he doesn't have a political agenda, okay, but does have a position on identity. He says, that is the most political you can get about identity. Mm -hmm. um, then he goes on to say, uh, that it's what us little boys who were maligned as kids and who were ostracized figured out. He said, you don't take any of this shit seriously. It's a big F you. So the idea of sticking to one identity, it's like, I don't care. I'm a shapeshifter. I'm going to fly around and use all the colors and I'm not going to brand myself with one color. After he made that statement, the interviewer went on and said, Ooh, yes, let's talk about this. Yeah. And said, and I'm going to paraphrase and says, you have a lot of fluidity with regards to identity and that's kind of bumping heads with the transgender movement. He said, it sure does. He said, there's always been a dichotomy of the trans movement versus the drag movement because I believe identities, you should embrace all different currencies. But trans movements really wants you to recognize that one thing and that's their new identity, right? Okay. So then the interviewer, pigeonholing him in for real, says, would you have a trans woman on your show? He hesitates and he says, eh, probably not. He said, I've had trans women on the show yeah. who identified as women, but had not done any real physical changes to their body. Once you start doing physical changes, eh, I'm bowing out pretty much. Okay, this article got published. And not just the general public, but former contestants of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Dragged RuPaul. Yeah. You're talking Jiggly Caliente, yeah. Jinx Monsoon, Peppermint, who did come out as trans on the show and yeah. then made transitions, BB Zahara, Benza La Creme, Sasha Velour, and Courtney Act. Major players on RuPaul's Drag Race came out either in support of Peppermint, who is trans woman now, but, or either came for RuPaul and said, basically you're outdated and I can't believe you said this. I cannot believe you would not support trans women in our community, yada, yada, yada. Okay? Yeah. All right. RuPaul came back and doubled down on the statement uh -huh. and said, yeah, you can take performance enhancing drugs and still be an athlete, 
just not in the Olympics. Yeah. Which I absolutely loved, which is basically saying you can do all that if you want to, but you ain't going to be on my show. Yeah. Which is the Olympics <laughs> of all things drag. Right? They continue to drag him after that. And then about eight hours later, RuPaul comes back on Twitter with an apology that says. Well, hold on. Let, yeah. Okay. Okay. okay let's. You're moving too quick. Okay. Like, let's take this in parts. All right. First of all, let's, 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 you, <laughs> you move much, much too fast here. So, okay. okay. So, RuPaul said growing up, he figured out very early on that he knew who he was, right? Yes. So, RuPaul figured out that he himself was a, a young gay man. Yes. Right. RuPaul, I, I've read his biography. I, uh -huh. I know about RuPaul. Okay. RuPaul has known that he was uh, a gay man very, very early. early. Very early. Very early. Very right? Early. Yes. Okay. So uh, RuPaul uh, came to New York City mm -hmm. uh, where he was a club kid yes. in the 80s, yes. experimenting with drugs. He was yes. in the. He was a huge pothead. He admitted that even in the interview. Yeah. Oh, he was, he was beyond. Doing he was, RuPaul was a lot more than a pothead, okay? okay. He was a club kid, and mm -hmm. they were using a lot more than pot, mm -hmm. okay? Um, so, let's talk about this, okay. right? We all know that you cannot have, can't be in the LGBT community and not know and support the trans community. Absolutely like, not. you just, that's right. It, it, they go hand in hand. That's right. Right? Right. Okay. So, do you really believe that RuPaul is insensitive to the trans absolutely not plight. absolutely not not at all you know and and to be quite honest I feel that RuPaul is annoyed by all of it yes. um I read in a couple of articles uh where you know for the earlier seasons of yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race he would come out and say you've got she male yeah. right yeah and how people came for him for that yeah saying that you are being derogatory towards trans women by saying she male, right? And so he had to stop doing that and he was very annoyed with that or how he would use the word tranny on the show and people came for that. He just like, what in the world is going on? And I don't think that someone like RuPaul who really took something that was truly subculture and brought it to mainstream and has yes. really been a focal point an identity, an icon, a, a visual marker, if you will, of this community to come out and say that he's insensitive, it makes absolutely no sense at all. No sense at all. Okay, so let me ask you a question. If, if social media, if, if, if we were in, had the exact same technology and the platforms that we have right now mm -hmm. and hip hop was emerging now, mm -hmm. Would hip hop have the exact same birth and rise that it had now if we were able to call black women bitches and hoes and people nigga and 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 move in that derogatory fluidity? Would would we? I don't think so. You wouldn't think so. I, I don't think so. Okay. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. So. So hip hop, hmm, and, and how, how many black people would you say were empowered economically, creatively, in every, in every- Through hip hop? Through hip hop. Many. 
Would you? How many would you say? Would you say? I would just say I mean, collectively as just the people. There, there was much millions, there. Yes. millions, right? Yes. Even yes. if it wasn't, even if you're not talking like I became a mogul or something, That's but right. just like hip hop changed your lives. Absolutely, right? We're talking. Right. I would say even of, if you didn't think you were a direct consumer of that, you, yeah, there was benefits. That there were that there was benefit. Absolutely. Okay. Even, even with some of the negative aspect that yes. there was a lot of benefit from that. Yes. So would you say that that same type of aspect is to be had when you would be a RuPaul taking words that were used against you That's right. and to empower it mm -hmm. and to be like, nah, we finna reclaim that. Mm -hmm. I'm reclaiming my time. Absolutely. And you're not getting ready right. to use that against me. Right. And you, you're taking all the sting and all the stank out of it and you putting it out there mm -hmm. and you know like mm -hmm. old school new york lower east side you're putting it out there mm -hmm. and you're airing it out mm -hmm. in front of the, in between the two buildings and letting everybody know what your laundry looks like yeah. okay okay mm -hmm. so okay so here's the thing that bothers me okay. about what everyone coming out right you've transitioned a couple people Jiggly was like, you know, I just want to be respected by my community. Hold on. There were people saying that they want to be respected. He, at no point did RuPaul disrespect you. At no point. At no point. At no point did RuPaul's comments no. disrespect anyone. No. He literally was talking strictly about competing in his show about men Yes. Transforming themselves. That's right. That's right. To be women. Yes. In traditional drag. Yes. So let me ask you this question. Yes. Are women allowed to be in the NFL? They are not. Are women allowed to be in the NBA? They are not. Do they have a separate league? They do. They do. For women basketball players. They do. Do they have a separate league? For women soccer players they do okay do they have a separate fighting division for female ufs they do and that is definitely okay. highlighting one of the issues that i had with this is okay. that it, to this in this whole issue of gender non-binary binary and we're wanting to lump everybody into one thing as if the separation of genders is something that just cannot be had any longer at all. And I feel like that is, that's the, <laughs> it is the biggest frustration for me personally in this trans movement is mm -hmm. trying to erase gender for everyone. That there is absolutely no real conversation and thought of just talking about what this really means in the separation of gender. That it's almost as if they're saying it is inherently bad. It is inherently negative to separate the two genders it, for anything, for anything. I don't felt that they read this article at all because no. even after he makes that comment, he still goes in to talk about just some of the issues with regards to tr the drag movement and the trans movement. And so I'm like, y'all didn't read it. You just saw that somebody excluded you. Forget the reasons why. You just saw someone excluded you and you took that wholly negative that you're not affirming my identity. There's no way in the world that RuPaul is, has not affirmed y'all's yeah. identities throughout yeah. this entire show. Yeah. And to come for this icon, 
to listen, man. I don't care what your thoughts are on anything lesbian, yeah. gay, bi, yeah. trans. You you can respect RuPaul. And I felt it was wholly disrespectful for them to come at him this way without even stopping to think about what he is saying. He didn't say you couldn't go do drag. He didn't even say I owned drag. He said for this show, I am about men giving a big F you to the notion of masculinity yes. by the irony of dressing up in exaggerated femininity. If you are a woman or trans woman who has transformed her body, you take the irony out of it. And that's why we watch. Listen, that's why I watch. I be like, man, they got that padding just right. They got that makeup contour just right. Yeah. It is a huge it is a huge thing, I, I think. And I don't think he's wrong for saying on my show it is limited to just men. And I don't even think that's saying that's that's even coming from a point of some oppression patriarchy type of thing. Like for him to say, I just want it to be just men. I don't even think it comes from that. I, I feel that these ladies just want everyone to just accept them. And if you don't accept them and you're excluding them from something, then it's if you're not affirming who they are. And I think that that that's just wrong. But here's the funny part, right? Yeah. Let's take let again. Let's look at. Let's look at the Jinx Monsoons. Uh -huh. Let's look at the Jiggly Calientes. Uh -huh. Let's look at the Peppermints. Uh -huh. Right? Uh -huh. um, can you go book national now? Listen. No, yes, no, no. Yes, no, no, they no. can. Can you go book national shows now? Uh -huh. How? Because of this show. Because of whom? Because of RuPaul. Oh, okay. So RuPaul, listen, listen. Jinx Monsoon... Uh -huh. And your narcoleptic ass. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Oh, yes. Jinx <laughs> and your narcoleptic ass <laughs> was snoozing it up in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Okay, in the Pacific mm -hmm. Northwest. Please, it is Sunday. The library is closed on Sunday. <laughs> Do not let me open the library. Listen, Jinx, you, you were in the Pacific Northwest, you 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 weren't known past the Bay Area. Stop it. Don't do that. You you became a national act right. because of Rue. Yes. Like Rue did his due diligence. Everybody knows stuff, knew about peppermint. Then when you guys come out, he's like, oh okay, that's what's up. Like you became a a, a, a known name, a known commodity yep. in the community. He mm -hmm. is not saying, no one is saying uh, you can't be a performer now because guess what? If you're transitioning, if you transition, no one is saying that, oh, now you're a woman, you can't be an entertainer. Well, you're, you're just not a drag performer right. anymore. Now you're just an entertainer now. Yes. Now you're just That's a right. comedian. That's right. Now you're just a singer. Now you're just, you're, you just get made up now. You just get on stage and you entertain people now. Right. Jinx, you're very... A funny, very mm -hmm. entertaining performer. Mm -hmm. No one's taking that from you. Now, if you're a woman, nobody's taking that from you. What are you talking about? Jiggly, I don't find you to be entertaining at all. You're just a little <laughs> round meatball, a little loud oh meatball. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking away from who and whatever you want to identify as. But shut up. Okay, you coming for somebody who gave you a shot. Mom, let me tell you something. Let me be let me be very clear to you. Let me be very clear to you and anybody else out there. Let me be very, very clear. Let me be very clear. Let me tell you something that my mama always told me. Is there another one? Yeah. Okay. Oh yes. That's a nice one. Uh-huh. Look at that ring. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something my mother always 
said to me one time. My mother was very upset with me one day. Mm -hmm. She was buying something for my children, right? And I was just like, why are you always buying them expensive stuff? And I was just like, don't do that. And, you know, we, we were having a, a, a war of financial philosophies, right? Okay. And I'm like, you know, I have, you know, I didn't appreciate, you know, her going out of her way, but she was like, this is what I want to do. And she said, let me tell you something. The only MF thing you should be doing is saying thank you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so at that moment, mm -hmm. right at that moment, I had to, I had to get over myself. I had to get over myself and I had to look at it from her point of view. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. She paved the way for me. She is my mother. I mm -hmm. am not her mother. I am not her father. Mm -hmm. If if RuPaul is the drag mother to how many of That's you right. the matriarch. If okay? Yes. So you have to sit back and go, hey, hold on. Mm -hmm. Let me look at this from RuPaul. I get what she's saying. I, I get what's Absolutely. happening right now. Let me pump my brakes. Yeah. And let me say thank you. Yep. Because RuPaul has done a lot of work. A lot of work, not just for y'all, but the community itself. A lot of work. A lot. I'm sorry. You've affirmed me as an individual That's and a right. whole lot of people as individuals. I get what you said. Maybe we can do a, a spinoff show. Maybe we yes. can maybe we can do something. Let, yes. Let's let's have a dialogue about how we can do something yes. for the trans to, to get trans community in the in the line like let's do something let's figure something out yes because i would love for you yes. to use this same power yes. that you have and maybe that's all you had to say mm -hmm. instead of dragging high pun intended to <laughs> you know do that i don't yeah, know yeah that and that's where the disrespect lies yeah and that's why i was kind of like rule why you apologize like I, <clears throat> I have an issue with apologies general that's one but number two I felt like RuPaul should not have apologized. Let me read this apology to y'all. Do you have it on screen? Because I don't know where to go. Okay. It says, I understand and regret the hurt I've caused. The trans community are heroes of our shared LGBTQ movement. You are my teachers. Right? Okay. So here's where I... Okay, Ru. Mm. Um, this is... I, I just felt like, no, 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 no. They should be apologizing for the reason you just stated. Yeah. And at the same time, there should have been a pause to have conversation. RuPaul, they're saying he's behind the times. I don't necessarily think so. But I yeah. do think there is... It opens up room for dialogue of, hey, yeah. here's where I'm coming from. Yeah. Can you validate where I'm coming from? Yeah. And I can also hear you and the position you're coming from. It's no different than what the example you just gave, which I thought was a good example between you and your mother. Yeah. It doesn't negate the philosophy from which you were coming from. Yeah. Not at all. But at the same time, you know what? Thank you. In this moment, in the moment, <laughs> I made my point, you made yours, and then your point in this moment is going to supersede mine. You heard me, I heard you, and let, hey, thank you. Let's revisit this because I just kind of want a dialogue and I... Let's revisit it mm -hmm. because anything else, anything after mm -hmm. that is disrespectful. Ah. Mm -hmm. Anything after that mm -hmm. is disrespectful. What do you think this does to the relationship between these contestants and RuPaul? Do you think it does anything? Do you think it'll, you know, you, what do you think just about just that interpersonal relationship after being dragged like this? I, I just. Okay. There's, there's two rules that you're, you're talking to. Okay. There's. Real Rue, probably mm -hmm. a lot. 
There's business rule. Business rule is like, mm-mm, bring that MF on the show. We, mm-hmm, <laughs> this is good TV, <laughs> right? Business rule's like, mm-mm, Jiggly, bring your little round meatball ass mm-hmm. on All Stars. We finna, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. BB, I'm real shocked. I'm yes. real shocked yes. that BB's at heart. I'm, I was like, BB? Yeah. Very oh, as much as Boo has nurtured and protected and allowed her to baby. Yes. yes. Okay. I was hmm, mother <laughs> Cameroon. Hmm. I was shocked. I was shocked. I just I found it to be disrespectful. Yeah, so I did know. too. Yeah. Yep. Well, Rue, if you're watching, love your show. And, uh, you know, I keep doing what you're doing. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly in your article. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. I thought it was well stated, well articulated. And I'm sorry that people just didn't take time to read in this age of clickbait. So, yep. Yeah. I think we have another topic coming up next. The Revolution is going to talk about the state of black Hollywood in the face of Black Panther success, Wrinkle in Time's release, as well as another film that's done well quietly. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to talk about, uh, we're going we're to talk about everything in black Hollywood right now. Okay. We're going to talk about Jordan Peele's mm-hmm. Oscar win for uh, Best Original Screenplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about Wrinkle in Time. We, you know, it just came out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the numbers are in. We're going to talk about its numbers. We're going to look at Black Panther crossing the billion dollar mark. Yeah. And really looking at what that really means. Yes. Uh, and looking at another film that no that's quietly very successful. Yes. And no one's really talking about that. Uh, which is Jumanji. Yes. So, and and just talking about all of Black Hollywood mm-hmm. uh, and really dissecting it all, uh, hopefully by the numbers. Okay. Um, so you're gonna get some numbers. You're gonna get some opinions uh, from me, the Revolution. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to FCN's broadcast of the Sunday edition. I am the Revolution, and joining me uh, for this here segment about the state of the Black Hollywood address is J. Cole. Is it of FCN's two broadcasts? What's the name of your little show that you guys have over there? My little show, my little ditty, uh, True Baller Thursday, with the Reggie Mathis. Can you spell that for me? True, T R U E. Uh huh. Baller. Yeah, I got it. Thanks. Um, so he's a host of some 
show about um is it about hip hop artists? No, uh, it's about it's basketball, about NBA basketball. Moguls? Is it about drug? It's about kingpins? more ratings than the Tuesday show. About kingpins of the drug variety. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> about thuggery. <laughs> about all sorts of thugonomics. Thuggery. And you and the Reggie Math. Don't let nobody fool you. The Reggie Mathis is. Thug Supreme. He is <laughs> Thugonomics Supreme, okay? Do not let him fool you. He is from the main streets of the east side. He is not a nice black man. He's not nice. No? Nope, he's not a nice black man. His brother is. His son is. He's not. He's not. Everybody around him. He's a mean man. He's a mean motor scooter. That, <laughs> that D. Reggie Mathis. Don't, mm-mm. He will. One of these and <laughs> one of these and... One of those. He's a very bad guy. Rethinking. Always helping his mom at the church. Don't let that man fool you. You might think about getting you a new uh, a new co-host. Yeah, he's a bad man. He's a very bad man. Um, so this weekend, um, new film came out. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know we've we've had a lot going on in Black Hollywood. Yes, a lot of happening in Black Hollywood. Oh yes, uh, Ava. A while ago, uh, was she was the first black female director granted a hundred million dollar mm-hmm. uh, film. Ryan Coogler was granted a two hundred million dollar film. Uh, Jordan Peele uh, was first to get. Was he the first to have a box office of excess of? No, he wasn't the first to have two hundred million dollars because I think that was F. Gary Grant. It okay. was. You know, eh, something. My research is out there. <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, there were a lot of firsts in black and, Hollywood. And he became the first uh, black director or the black writer to win Best Screenplay. Well, yeah, he, I was going to get to that. Okay. But but some, he definitely had something with his success with his film. With the film. With the film and his box office success. Okay. Um, and so this is obviously turning some tides mm-hmm. in black Hollywood. And we're all wondering where this goes. Yes. Um, so the first thing that we're going to have to talk about because, uh, where this show airs, uh, is after box office numbers come out. Mm-hmm. So we had to shift some things around. So yep. to start the show off, we have to talk about, uh, A Wrinkle in Time. Okay. So let's talk about A Wrinkle in Time. Let's talk about it. A Wrinkle in Time's box office numbers came out today mm-hmm. and they are, where are they at? Where, where are they? Do you have um, those numbers? Because I didn't. You didn't have. Up. Okay. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they are. Bear with me here. I believe they are at 30. 33 million. 33 million. Which is, might I add, on Thursday, the Revolution and I were having a discussion, and he said 30 million for Wrinkle in Time this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and th- this is this is why I said. This is why I said. It was going to make $30 million this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Panther had just made $65 million the previous weekend. Mm-hmm. And I said, even if they split the box office, which I said they were going to do, mm-hmm. I didn't think that they were going to do anything more than that. I said, mm, Black Panther's probably going to make another $35 million. Right? I said, Black Panther's probably going to come in at $35 million. Yep. 41. Right? And it came in at 41. Mm-hmm. I said they were, you got the same audience and you're splitting the audience, mm-hmm. right? So 
let's talk about that, right? Um, people are already talking. That there's a lot of people saying um, Jamie Broadnecks of uh, Black Girl Nerds. Mm-hmm. She's also a critic for Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. She gave it a four out of five review. There are mm-hmm. a lot of people who gave it a, a lot lower review on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. It does not have a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very mixed reviews by critics yeah. overall. Yeah. There are people saying that vi- everyone is saying visually, yeah, visually it looks great. Stunning. Visually stunning. The, They're uh, saying that the actors and the actresses did great jobs, mm-hmm. but they are not happy with the story and the pace. Right. They're not. Right. Um, Ava has gone on to say that this was the exact film that she set out to make, mm-hmm. and she is happy with it. Okay. She is literally saying she is happy with the this film. Is, this is the film that she wanted to make. Mm, right? Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you all out there, I did not watch the film. Uh, I'm not, you know, able to get out and do a whole lot. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I have not gone out and seen the film, so do not come for me. Uh, however, I want to, as soon as I can get out and about, I have a neurologist appointment tomorrow. Um, after that, we'll see where I'm at, mm-hmm. and I will try to see it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, physically possible. So, here's the thing. Let's just talk about the box office. Okay. Right? Yep. I blame Disney. Yes. I do not blame Ava. Mm-hmm. I do not blame the story. Yep. I do not... Listen, there are worse... There were worse films throughout history that have had better box office openings. True. Okay? Yep. Okay? Yep. There, there were better films that didn't do well. Mm-hmm. John Carter of Mars was not a horrible movie. It if you, wasn't. It was not. I actually didn't think I would, but I enjoyed that movie. John Carter of Mars was actually a pretty good movie. Ender's Game was not bad. Like There are certain films that were much better, right? The problem is, let me tell you this, Disney did not hedge their bets correctly with these films. They said, hey, we got two black directors. This is what we're going to do. We're going to ride the coattails of one, right. and then we're going to have that audience come in and ride that wave into the next mm-hmm. film. But what they did not see is that uh, uh, Black Panther mm-hmm. was going to be as big, oh, sorry, guys, was going to be as big mm-hmm. as it was moving into. Yeah, so, so what they did was they got on the wave too early and it crashed yeah. over them. Yeah, they, I just don't think that they saw that Black Panther was gonna be this big. They didn't, Mm-mm. they did not. And why not? Can we discuss that later? Yeah, we can. Can we discuss? We can, we can put a we pin can in discuss, it. We'll, let's put a pin in <laughs> okay. it and we'll discuss that later. So uh, I haven't seen it, so I can't talk uh, about that, about but I will say, I will say I'm putting the blame in that on the studio. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, it was ill it's, time. It's ill time. It was bad booking. You do not. This is your decision to put your two tent poles. Yes. On top of each other. It's not smart. Right. It's not a smart play to put your two first time black directors mm-hmm. in your studio on top of one another to split your audience, your two black audiences apart from one another mm-hmm. and then to bring in families and to make people have to choose right and and you look at that combined that's 70 what's that 75 74 mm-hmm. change million dollars mm-hmm. yeah 
that if you had a let Black Panther play out, could have, you know, yeah, you they, know, they like you could have premiered at 50. No, they could have gotten about 60. 60, yeah. They could have gotten 60, about yep. 60 million dollars, mm-hmm. which, which I thought that they would have gotten had Black Panther not been around. Right. I said, mm, they'll get about 60 million dollars. Yep. That's what I legitimately thought they would get. Yep. Even with the hype machine, I never thought that they would exceed 60 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. I just didn't. Yeah. You know, and nothing against Ava. Nothing against, you know, but it's just, it wasn't one of those things where I just felt like it was, the book was written in the 60s. It just, you know, I just never knew people to just have that big of a fanfare for a wrinkle in time. Right. I just, I didn't. I Mm -hmm. just never did. So Mm -hmm. let's move on. Um, Let's move on to Jordan Peele. Okay. We we haven't really talked about his uh, monumental win. Uh, the Oscars, what was it, last week? Yep. Was it last week? Last week, yes. Last week, Jordan Peele became the first African-American man to, or person, period. Yeah, uh, Excuse win. me. I apologize. African-American person to win uh, screenplay, uh, mm-hmm. best original screenplay. Original screenplay, yes. And so, it was well-deserved. It was well-deserved. Yes. Get Out was an amazing script. It was yep. an amazing feature film. Yes, it was. Um, you know, let me say this to you. Let me say this to you about that, mm-hmm. right? I, I liken his win to Barack Obama's win in the 2000, when did he win? 2008? So, it was 2008, yes. 2008, yep, correct? Yep, I liken it to him winning in 2008. <clears throat> and how so? Um, I'll tell you why. Uh, 70 years prior to that, mm-hmm. we got... What? What did we receive 70 years prior to that? Uh, Was the um, right to vote? Right? Yep. 70 years. Yep. Right? Yep. Emancipation Proclamation, all that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Right? So we were able to have a president. Mm -hmm. Just because we we got that win now doesn't really mean it was a symbolic victory. Okay. We were able, you know, like we've had people able to win. Right. Right. So like, so here's my point. Right. Let's look in 1989. We can talk about all the people, but let's look at a legitimate candidate. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's look at a legitimate candidate. Let's look at 1989. Okay. 1989, a number, <laughs> another, another summer. Sound of the funky drummer. <laughs> right. Let's look at 1989. Okay. Right. Which is a great year for cinema. One of the, listen, you want to talk about Oscar years. Mm-hmm. One of the best Oscar years ever. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. You had Batman, you had Driving Miss Daisy, mm-hmm. born on the 4th of July. This was a huge Oscar uh, year. Deadpool Society. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> sir, sir, sir. Let's, sir. You move too fast, sir. <laughs> so, now let's talk about original screenplays. Uh huh. Right? The original screenplays reads like a who's who of white privilege. Okay? <laughs> it reads like a who's yeah, who. Yeah, it reads yeah, like a yeah. who's who of white privilege. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, let, me, let me give you some, 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 some shots here. Let's give me some. So uh, there's a film that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. It, I believe it's called, what is it? Misdemeanors and Crimes? Yeah, I don't know. Crimes, Crimes and, and Misdemeanors. You, you've seen that? No. no. <laughs> I just remember the name. <laughs> Crimes and Misdemeanors, yeah. right? Starring white people. Yeah. And who obviously starring white people, and I'm sure they get away with them. That's why they did a film, crimes and misdemeanors that we get away with. 
right? I'm sure nobody gets any time in this film, right? right. No time is served. Uh, then, then you have sex lies and videotape. That's right. Mm, oh, voyeurism. Yeah. Yes, sex lies and videotape. Well, you can have sex, lie about it, and record it. And, and, and watch it. And watch it and don't get in trouble for revenge porn. See? See? Mm, nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun, baby. Okay. Then you have, what, what do you have in there? Is that Driving Miss? No, that's Adapted. Driving Miss Day. Oh, okay. oh, when Harry met Sally. Oh, yes. When Harry met Sally. When, when a white woman could fake an orgasm in public and not be seen as indecent. Yes. Yeah. No, she. They just people just want to know. Hey, hey, how'd she do it? I, I want, want that. I want what she's having. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Then you come along to a little ditty mm-hmm. about a brother who just wanted a few packs of D batteries. Yeah, just some, some D batteries, yeah, man. man. On a hot day in Brooklyn, New York. I mean, it's just a it's a hot day in Brooklyn, New York, man. Yeah, it's a hot day. It's a, it's a hot day, baby. Right, just some lead batteries. Just to some power that music. That's it, man. He's just having a good day, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and finally, finally, you you have the creme, the, the creme de la creme of white privilege. You you have an I'm I, if I remember correctly, a Eastern. I'm guessing with all the foliage and the leaves oh, of yes. the trees, some fine. Eastern Boarding Academy, prep school. a prep school of Ivy League upper crust, <laughs> white gentlemen, <laughs> bread of the finest privileged, <laughs> bread of the finest strain of privilege, white on the Eastern seaboard, of whiteness, whiteness, honkydom personified. Oh, honkydom extraordinaire. <laughs> Who hate their fathers and some white man jumping on top of tables screaming carpe diem and sees yes. whatever sees the whiteness sees your whiteness and yeah you know let let's just let me just say this yeah. okay let me just say this let's go let me just say this 1989 Spike Lee could have I said all that to say this yep we could have had a black man become president mm-hmm. seven years ago mm-hmm. before 2008 we could have had a black man win it then. If mm-hmm. the academy so decided to mm-hmm. go, well, this is just as bold and daring as that is, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, McCall didn't win that. Dead Poet Dead Society Pulse, yeah. won, right? That film never did anything for me. It didn't speak to me. Right. It didn't resonate with me. You know what movie did? You know what film, excuse me. You know what film resonated with me? Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Police brutality. Right now, that was 1989. Yep. 1989, that film next year will be how old? 30 years. 30 years, yeah. That film will be 30 years next year, man. Mm-hmm. And guess what's happening? Police are still choking people out mm-hmm. and killing them, and no one is getting in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. And racial tension is still at an all-time high in this nation. And you're telling me that that film didn't win for best of, like, c- come on. Yep. Come on! If that came out today, would that win? I would. I would. I would vote to say yes. Mm. I, I would probably say yes. Now would be like, oh, it's an admiration. It's oh my god! I can't believe that that film is so bold and gritty to mm. show. 
Nah, it was Bowling Green. Spike Lee is always ahead of his time. Absolutely. When you look at She's Gotta Have It, I, I couldn't believe as a kid. I was like, man, yeah. I didn't get, and now, yep. now we're just now able to understand how bold and free he made a black woman. And, right, and it's just now okay for women to speak like that. Like, oh, well, this is how I am. This is how I am. I'm sexually free. I can date whoever I want to date. Mm -hmm. I can sleep with whomever I want to sleep with. And we're just now able to be accepting of a black woman owning her sexuality. Yep. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, you know, so my hat's off to Jordan. <clears throat> I. I wonder where he's going. I, I think that um, I kind of want him to distance himself from the race genre. Uh -huh. I want to see him do something else. He's supposedly working with Spike. I think that's a huge no. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, but I, Spike just deals too much in race. Yeah. I want him to move away from that immediately. Like mm -hmm. I don't want him to get pigeonholed in race. Yeah. Um, I don't want him to be known as the director that just deals in that medium. Mm -hmm. It's like dealing with Mercury. Have you ever, do you know what dealing with Mercury no. is like? No. You know, you deal with Mercury, you're gonna get Mercury poisoning. Oh yeah, right. You know, so he's yeah, gonna- it'll seep through. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, so you have to be careful in that. So uh, my hat's off to Jordan. He's a very talented young man. He's not young, I think he's older than us. But nevertheless, uh, one thing that is funny though, mm -hmm. like, uh, People were, you know, like, oh, now his wife is out. People were mm -hmm. charging him with that, yeah. you know. But what's funny is, where was she the entire that, time? Yeah, absolutely. She wasn't anywhere to be found, and then she did show up. And I'm not. This was an open secret. Like, it was well, a, people who know no, know, know but we're not like, exactly advertising. This. Yeah, she wasn't anywhere to be seen. Mm. But you know, I don't care. Whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's he's mixed. So right. But what does that mean? What does that mean? I don't know. It means. What does that mean? I don't know. It means he likes women that look like his mom. <laughs> what is that? Oh, it's, oh, it's going to be a topic for today. We're going to deal with that later. Oh, we touch that later. Um, and so, Jumanji, mm -hmm. let's talk about this little engine that could, mm -hmm. like, legitimately, right? Shh. Legitimately, right? So, Jumanji, let me tell y'all something right now. Dwayne The Rock Johnson mm -hmm. is easily the king of black Hollywood. Okay. Okay. Jumanji has we're all celebrating um, Black Panther for mm. crossing the billion dollar mark, right? Yep. Jumanji is at globally nine hundred and thirty million dollars. Nine hundred and thirty million dollars, right? Yep. With the washed up Jack. Black. This dude is washed. Right. He is ass booty butt. Nobody, he, listen, he's done. He's done. The only reason why he's in this movie is because they ran out of budget and they was like, hey, we need a white dude. And they was like, oh, you know who we can get? Get that fool ass white boy, Jack Black. He ain't got nothing else to do. That fool ass. <laughs> Put him in this. And he was like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Who was this white boy? I don't know who we she is. We don't know who Never she is. Never seen her before. We don't know who she is. I didn't know it was called Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Hey, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just called Rock Jungle Action Summer Flick 106. Okay. Oh, yep. and throw his buddy Kevin Hart in there. Kevin Hart goes in there. Kevin Hart goes in there. Those two make beautiful music together. Hey, <laughs> hey, nine, to the tune of $931 million. Mm-hmm. Globally. Yep. And and listen, yep. listen, do me a favor. Do me a favor. What what is the foreign take on that? It is 
536 million. And what is the percentage of the box office? 57% of the total gross. So 57% of the total gross mm -hmm. of this film mm -hmm. is from the foreign market. Yes. yes okay. It is. How much is the budget for Jumanji? Welcome to the jungle. Budget of Jumanji was. It's $90 million. It was $90 million. It's $90 million, yep. right? Do they have a huge all star cast? Mm, no. 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 It's they have no. Rock, Kevin Hart. That's it. You washed stop up. There. You stop there. <laughs> you stop there. They don't have Angela Bassett. They don't have Forrest Whitaker, Sleepy Eye. They don't have Michael B. Jordan's B. Amazing Jordan. Body. They don't have. Uh, on the rise, um, Lapita. They on the rise. Lapita has arrived a long time ago. She the on the rise is what's her name? Shuri. What's Shuri. Her, what's 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 the actress's name? I can never remember her I name. And I'm, and I'm, Letitia, yeah, right? Yeah. Letitia, yeah. Yeah. The, he, listen, man. Listen. They have Dwayne. Mm -hmm. Dwayne. Mm -hmm. Look, look at this, man. Fifty percent of this cast is white. Yep. Fifty-seven percent of this box office. Mm -hmm comes from the foreign market yep. that is telling you something mm -hmm. it's not all black right it is enough white that people around the world are like okay yeah let's go see it mm -hmm. it's not all black it's not all black let's right. go see it right this film is very successful and here's another thing that i want to talk about this film right mm -hmm. where are the pacific islanders congratulating Dwayne johnson you know, because they only want to congratulate Jason Samoa, Jason Momoa's success mm -hmm. and want to talk about black people like, well, when are you guys going to celebrate others besides yourself? Well, right. when are you guys going to celebrate him? Right. He has tribal tattoos. Yes, he does. He claims his Pacific Islander heritage. Yes, he does. Where, where are you guys at? He's almost made a billion dollars and he didn't need no stupid ass uh, DCEU terrible ass franchise. He did it with terrible ass Jack Black. Yes, on a remake of a movie we already listen, saw. Listen, man, we don't even have, he did it with Jungle Summer Action Movie 106. <laughs> there you go. Right, like let's talk, this dude is box office diamonds, pearls, gold, and white, blue-eyed, blonde-haired baby. The most precious commodity known to man. Male, mm -hmm. blue-eyed baby. Mm -hmm. Okay. 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 Heavy water, uranium, and male, blue-eyed baby. It's how you make nuclear weapons. <laughs> you gotta have white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed baby. That's the secret ingredient. Hell yeah, it is. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> he has it. Yeah. Sauce. Oh, he's got it in spades. But where is everybody talking about it? Why are we not? See, like, I think we, we only, we're only talking about what everyone else is talking about. Mm. We're only talking about what the memes and what gifts mm -hmm. and what the tastemakers right. are talking about. Because Kevin Hart's black. Yep. The Rock's part black. Yep. The Rock is a Pacific Islander. Yep. They're almost at a billion dollars. Yep. They only had $90 million. Like, these are facts, ladies and gentlemen. These are facts. Yeah. What, where's the celebration at for their success? I'm asking. I, I'm asking for a friend. I'm asking for my FCN friends out there because they want to know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Where is the narrative 
for a Pacific Islander, mm-hmm. for an African American, it for box office. So you're success. saying that that the people that even call for these things aren't choosing the things that they're calling for. Exactamundo. Here it is. Here's another one. They're still being spoon fed. Here's another one. What to? Here's another cape one. for. Yes. No. Because. They want it all. It's all or nothing with these people. Mm-hmm. They got to have it all. It's got to be a black director, a black producer, a black writer. It's got to, like, look, man, we're still out here. We're still doing it. Mm-hmm. it you, you know, like, you all were caping for DC. Mm-hmm. Y'all were caping for Zach. Yeah. You were ca- you were <laughs> Suicide Squad. Like, God. What? What? <laughs> Y'all cape for all kind of stuff, but here, here it is. Here, I'm, what am I missing? Mm. Help me out. Help me out. And so this, let's, this moves on to my next point. This moves on to my next point. There's, we talked about Dwayne, right? Look at that. Tribal tattoos. He's clearly part black, part Pacific Islander, mm-hmm. right? His mother is uh, from the Isle of Samoa, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, wide, wide, proud Samoan nostrils. Uh, wide Samoan nostrils, okay. thick, kinky mm-hmm. um, Samoan um, hair. So let's let's move on to. I want to I want to move on to something else. Okay. I want to I want to kill a narrative. I I really need to kill a narrative. Let's do it. <clears throat> black folks in general general are bothering me about the Black Panther, right? And they are they are starting this misinformation campaign that blacks are accepted globally mm-hmm. because the Black Panther has crossed a billion dollars. Right. Right. It's 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 a little misleading. Yes. It's a little misleading. OK. And we have a problem here because we're taking too many symbolic victories. Mm-hmm. And you should start asking certain questions. Mm-hmm. We should start asking certain questions. And you can't hold everybody accountable, but you should really look at what you're talking about. So let's really look at the numbers about actual foreign market success. Because here's the thing. Disney, <clears throat> since Marvel joined mm-hmm. Disney, mm-hmm. Disney has a long Foreign market reach and distribution. Oh, yes. They're in every country. Boy, they're like America and military, okay? We got bases everywhere. Disney has distribution everywhere. Okay. Okay? Yep. So let's look at the films, right, mm-hmm. starting when Disney and Marvel linked up. We're going to okay. start with the least successful, mm-hmm. the least financially successful Moving all the way up, right? And I believe it starts with Ant-Man, right? <laughs> all right. So the domestic take of Ant-Man is 180, foreign 339. For 65% of its yeah. budget, I mean, 65% of, <laughs> of its, its gross, gross yes. was from the foreign market. And that was a bad movie. Yes. By the way. Very. Okay. 65, 65% of the people that saw that film came from the foreign market. Mm-hmm. 65%. Mm-hmm. Thor Dark World, 68% of the people who saw this, 68% of the people, mm. and you all hate it. Let's be very clear. You all hate 
Thor Dark World, but the world loved yeah, Thor. Loved the world. Look at this. Look at this number down here. Yeah. 438 million. Look at this cast now. Look at this cast, people, yeah. to the tune of 438 million. And right there, this is the black guy. If you squint, you can tell that that might be he might be a Idris. It might be a shadow, perhaps, <laughs> maybe some type of wizard. Look at this, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, sixty-five percent. This film did four hundred and forty-five million dollars in the foreign market. Four hundred and four. Doctor Strange, and then you have uh, Benedict Cumberbun mm -hmm. coming out of the Stargate. There, he's coming out of the Stargate. <laughs> That's what happened? <laughs> and then look at this Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. There, sixty-three percent. Sixty-three percent. Look at him, getting ready to storm the beaches Captain of Captain America. Captain America is doing better overseas. <laughs> Than in America, the the guy that's bombing the hell out of everybody. Yeah, yeah, he went over there raping and pillaging and and droning. The guy that has been droning the shit out of everybody for the last seventy years. Oh, yeah. Like you know, what's my friend? Hey, he he bombed and killed my cousin on Ramadan. But you know what? He makes but, one hell of but, a movie. Hey, Chris Pine. Yeah, it's Chris Pine. What can I say? <laughs> it's Chris Pine. How can you not love him? How can you not? It's Chris Pine. He's very inclusive. He's inclusive, exactly. He's very inclusive. His tweets. Let's just look at his tweets. Look at his tweets. He capes for black women. Yes, he loves the black women. <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. Mm. Again, uh, look at look at Negro. Mm -hmm. He's in the back with his locks out now. And who twists his locks? Who who in Asgard is doing his locks? Let's talk about that. Who she don't live in Asgard. She's been gone for a long time. They don't know each other. And she ain't. She ain't doing that. I think lives. it was Loki. It was Loki. I think so. You trying to like, say <laughs> something? You trying to say something without saying it? Look at this. Sixty-three percent. Look at that. Five hundred. Mm -hmm. Five hundred and thirty-eight million dollars. Yeah. Yep. In the foreign market. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, four hundred forty for fifty-six percent. Uh, let's say say fifty-seven percent. Yep. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. This is actually the lowest one, 473 yeah. for 55%. Civil War. Look at this. 64%. $745 million in the foreign market. Yep. Look at that. Look at that. Iron Man 3. The worst. Let, let's be very clear here. This film, of, of all of these iron. films, mm -hmm. of all of these, this film is absolute ass booty butt. <laughs> this film is absolute trash. Absolute trash. 66%. 66%. It almost made a billion overseas by itself. I'm going to get to my point here. Uh -huh. Look at this. Uh -huh. Look at this. 60, $800 million, right? Yep. Avengers! Ultron! Just say Age of Ultron made a billion dollars overseas. Ultron, sixty-seven percent of Ultron. Mm -hmm. Black Panther. Look at this. Forty, just forty-eight percent of its take is in the foreign market. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go back one.
You see that? No, let's go back two. Let's go back two. So the combined aren't that the combined for these, and of course Black Panther's still earning. We just yeah we just made forty six this last weekend, so they they're still building these. Yes, numbers. domestically. Domestically, right? Domestically. Right. So these numbers are still building, but I do not think they're talking about China. Mm-hmm. They're talking about China. Look, 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 look. Let's 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 call a spade. We didn't we didn't pull it all out here. We didn't mm-hmm. pull it all out here, right? So look at this, man. Look, 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 look. I, I done made my point here. Look yep. at this. I done made my point. When are you all gonna? I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna leave it here. I made my point. When are we gonna acknowledge that the world has a problem with black folks? And we're we're always talking about like we you know like this big controversy with Bruno mm-hmm. Mars mm-hmm. and people wanting their black music from anybody but blacks and, mm-hmm. but when you have something like this mm-hmm. the proof is in the pudding if this film if you take this exact same film mm-hmm. and you make this film white mm-hmm. the proof is in the pudding this this film would look yeah. more like this film would look well, more like this in the foreign market yeah, it so would it would have made Black Panther would have made more to the tune of nine hundred million in the foreign market. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. You can debate me. If Black Panther had this, if it were white, mm-hmm. it would have made nine hundred million dollars mm-hmm. in the foreign market. It hasn't because it is a black mm-hmm. cast. Yep. This film. So we be at one and a half billion right now. Can I be honest with you? Mm-hmm. If if it is at nine, we should be kind of yeah 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 like yeah I see what you're saying. We should be around there. It should truthfully be getting closer to like one point eight. Mm-hmm. It should be it should be getting up there with Titanic or Avatar. It should be getting up there with Avatar. This right. should be one of the biggest films. And I'm not just saying it because it's black man, but because it is so good. It's so fresh. You cannot tell me it is not more different than this. Yeah. You cannot tell me it's not more different than 800 mil. Mm. It should easily have 800 million in the foreign market. It should easily have 895. Like, but nobody wants to tell the truth because we only want to take the damn symbolic mm-hmm. victories. Mm-hmm. Well, it made a billion. We always want to settle. We are Trey. Do you have something that you want to say back there? Because I, I need. I, like, what am I missing? What am I missing? Um, well, no, I don't think you're missing anything. I think we've made these comments before on Sunday, mm-hmm. the Sunday edition about people really not understanding the film industry in general and how things work in Hollywood in general. Yeah. Why people cast who they cast. Really understanding how black people are seen in foreign markets. Like, there's a whole bunch that they don't understand. And I think for, for and I always have to go to black Twitter because that's where a lot of thoughts at least that I see on social media that seeing all of these black people on camera and all the black people who are behind the cameras and they're they're willing and ready to take these visible symbolic victories Mm -hmm. as a win. We see this across the board even as they fight for and I put fight in quotation marks as they try to fight for equality and justice and, and racial equality in many platforms they take the surface level everything. You know what I mean? Like you can even talk about no confederate. We all stop at that surface level rather than digging deep. And I just think people just 
comes from a lack of really understanding what fighting and be revolutionary really is, but at the same time in this context, not understanding the film and movie industry. I've learned a lot just being a part of that CNN family, and I know that the most of the black intellectuals on Twitter have no idea what they're even talking about. Yeah, so so on, on top of that, what, what Tristan A just said, um, understanding, like knowing that, and then take, because it's not like you're sitting here saying, don't celebrate a billion dollars. It's, that's an amazing for any movie, no matter what. A yes. billion dollars is not something that many movies have done in history. Right. Right. But don't now take that and say, well, now we should, you know, this should all be what is being produced. When you take a look and say, well, this is why movie studios are still picking these kind of movies yes. because these are the numbers they could put up yes. without thinking about it. Without thinking. And most of those movies that we just saw did not have a $200 million budget. Let's, let's not, they, they invested a lot into making this movie great. They invested a lot. And we're not just talking about who they picked for the director, writer, cast, all that. Money. They invested a lot. I don't know what the budget on most of those, but what do you think? Maybe three of those are around that budget that are on that list? Around what budget? The 200 million. Uh, a lot of them are around two. Are and they? a lot of them are over two. A lot of them are over two. Oh, over two million? Over 200 million. Yeah, the Avengers are over $200 million. Yeah, and they bring in 600 domestic, yeah. 900 yeah. foreign. Yeah. yeah. $900 million overseas. Yeah. And they don't have the cast that the Black no. Panther and, has. And you, can, and you can fail on a movie, you know, in relative terms, like a, a Thor Dark World or, yeah. you know, um, uh, Ultron, which yeah. to me was not a good movie. I'm sorry. Right. And you still making... How much overseas? Seven, eight hundred, nine hundred million dollars overseas. L listen, listen. Ask me how much Justice League costs. How much did Justice League cost? Three hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. Three hundred and fifty million dollars. Why? And they're still talking to this day about doing dumbass decisions. They like dumb. So white people get to mess up and do make all the dumbest decisions in the world and nobody nobody bats an eye. Nobody bats an eye. Nobody bats an eye. But, you know, so um do you think that where do you think moving forward that black directors, black writers are they going to let us take chances? Do you think? Here's my thing. Let me ask you all a question. D does anyone in here think Tyler Perry's going to take a risk and he's going to come out into Dylan and science fiction? Is he going to come out in the fandom? Does anybody think he's going to take a risk? A I, risk. I, I, mm, I don't. No. no. I don't. I think that if he does it, it's because other black writers and directors he, would ask him or ask him to come apart. He may produce. He may produce. I don't think he would write. But that's okay. But that's him but, taking a risk. Yeah. Producing. I mean, if someone comes to him, then yes, I, I can see that. But I, I don't. I, I, if pressed, I would say no. I'm gonna say no. I mean, on any level, produce, direct, on any level. 
No. Trey? No, I, I do not. I do okay. Not. I think that's okay. so out of his wheelhouse, and he just has to, I, I just, I don't see him doing it. Okay. I see Oprah, maybe, you know what I mean? Nah, but, I don't see Oprah. You don't see Oprah nope. being a part of something like that? I would see her Maybe producer, life. yeah. Okay. Well, because well, she was in Wrinkle in Time. That's, right. Yeah, she was, she, a, yeah, yeah, true, touche. I, I see her, though, helping Ava, literally lending every bit of her star power to make that work. And I really, I really wish I had a lot more inside information on why. On why. Like, what is her interest in Ava? I think that she, you know, Oprah grooms people. She yeah. groomed Dr. Phil. She groomed, um, what's the, the little chunky? Ray, Rachel Ray. Rachel Ray. She groomed Dr. Oz. She groomed Tyra. Mm -hmm. She groomed, um, what's her name? The comedian that has her daytime talk show. Ellen. Ellen. Oh, Ellen. She groomed yep. Ellen. A lot of yep. people don't know that. She groomed Ellen. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. She mm -hmm. groomed Ellen. She mm -hmm. helped Ellen get that deal. Mm -hmm. So, oh, I don't know. So, um, what's the next What's the next one that we have? Oh, we are uh, discussing... Um, we're closing on race and culture, uh, anti-Semitic reactions versus mm -hmm. uh, anti-black reactions. Uh, specifically talking about Putin. Putin? And his comments recently on Jews. Okay. Um, who you, who you having on with that? We, no, I don't think we do, actually. I think we just move on to it. Oh, we just move on Let's to it. Let's move into it. Okay. All right. So, um, um, Alejandro Pietrov Dimitrov. Putin, I don't know his real name, Putin, yeah. um, the guy who's in Russia. So they're interviewing him recently, yeah. right? And he sticks into this interview about the um, meddling with the election, right? The 2016 election. It's pretty much guaranteed that everybody, we have enough evidence to say, okay, this actually definitely happened. The real kind of question is, number one, how deep was it? Number two, were any of Trump's people actually involved? I'm sure they were. But that's that's the, the extent of where that investigation is. So they're talking to Putin about it. And he goes, I do not know. Maybe the Jews did it. <laughs> Maybe the Jews did it. Yeah. Like, that was... Yeah. If you know anything about this guy, first of all, it's no surprise that he said that. Yeah. The fact that he just stuck that in there, like, nah, I'm not claiming none of this. It was probably them Jews, because the Jews are, you know, fault for everything. Yes. And so what is the reaction on this? We're all talking about it. Oh, my God. He's so anti-Semitic. Look at him. He put that out there. He, he, you know, he's always attacking the Jews. He's so anti-Semitic. He's so anti-Jew. Right? Yeah. Which is true. Mm -hmm. And it was ridiculous. It's ridiculous to even think that, oh, yeah, well, there was this conspiracy by Jews in Russia to help Donald Trump get elected. Because why? Right? Um, but then we're having this discussion and it occurs that the outrage, that the commentary, that the publicity of this statement is so much more than when there's an anti-black incident, when there's an anti-black statement, when there's a, a, when there's a killing of an innocent black person. Why is it that we can't even get the death of a man, we, the man was running away. So obviously he's not a threat, and he gets shot in the back. Yeah, and that of the of the killings by black cops, this one probably got some of the least coverage. 
you know, and it got coverage, but it was like, oh, you know, mm -hmm, okay, news cycle. Yeah. So why is it that that these conversations are not happening when black people are dying versus just a statement against uh, the Jews? They did it. They're behind this. What what is it about this country that we are so you can't mess with the Jews? Yeah, you can take blacks, fuck them. Do you want me to answer that? Because of course. If, if I answer this, I'm gonna sound anti-Semitic. Well, I will. I will be here. I will be here to counter anything that you say, and we can have a discussion on whether or not you're anti-Semitic. No, but please say it because I want you to say it. Because. Okay. Then, if we need to, we'll preface this that me and the revolution were were raised in a Semitic household. Yes. Can, can I say Semitic? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So. So. Let me say this. First and foremost, because of that, right? Because of being raised in a Semitic household, mm -hmm. you you see things, you know things, you hear things. So you're you're looking into everything and understanding a whole bunch of stuff. So you want to understand how did Israel get created and how you you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And so you know uh, it it was a, a piece of land that wasn't anybody else's and America came in and said hey uh, this is now Israel and you guys shut up and mm -hmm. like wait what are you talking about this this isn't Israel but it is now mm -hmm. you know yep. uh, but it is now no no it's not yes it is and Israel is the do you understand that Israel is the only nation that we sell our surplus Munitions yes. too. Yes. Jets, tanks, yep. weapons, oh, yeah. everything. They are heavily stocked. Right? Mm hmm So do you also know that it is every Jew's mission that you send a percentage of your fortune mm -hmm. back to Israel? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So what is Israel's number one export? Like, where are you getting all this money from? Like, how, like, where does this all this come from that you're able to create all of this wealth? And Israel is a beautiful nation. Mm -hmm. What do you make in Israel? Like, what diamond mines? What right. What are you doing? Are there any? There's not. Are there diamond mines in Israel? No. Yeah. No. There. There are brokers that come from Israel. Oh, okay. But that's not where the diamonds are coming from. They don't have oil. Oh, okay. Right? No. I, I would say their export would be people. Oh, okay. Business leaders. Ah! Okay. Financers. Ah! Ugh. Bank owners. Aha. Uh Aha. -huh. Uh -huh. So, finance. So, we're talking money. We're talking money. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, there you have it. Mm-hmm. So, our lives don't matter. Money matters. Money matters. When your community, mm -hmm. when your community, you just said, when your community owns banks, mm -hmm. when they own media conglomerates, when they own music. So, so, here, so here's the thing that I, I'm confused about. Because yeah. the Jewish community are able to, you know, in some ways have to 
competing narratives like at the same time. Yes, let right? me hear this. They are business leaders, you know, I mean, Hollywood, there's a lot of Jewish um, producers, you know, financiers in Hollywood that are making big money movies. Yes. You know, we're talking about the diamond industry, a, a, a yes. lot of uh, Jewish people that, that are involved in the diamond industry, um, you know, as well as other business areas. To, to be that and to be, a, you know, a status of, um, you know, high society, wealthy, and at the same time, be an oppressed um, and marginalized community of, you know, Jews are this and everybody hates the Jews and the Jews are, you know, blamed for all this stuff. Yeah. You, you have these two things. And, and I don't want to come off as anti-Semitic because, you know, just because you're a Jew doesn't mean you're all things Jew, right? So people could accuse that. But, you know, my father is, is proudly Jewish. His wife mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'm not running across the board stereotypes about all Jews are good with money. Uh, I'm yeah. not that good <laughs> with that money. Good. My dad tried to teach me. Um, but, um, you know, th these, these in, in a, an overall big sense, there are a lot of Jewish people in money industry mm -hmm. one way or another. And then you have the community that's oppressed. So how do both of those even exist without the Jewish community? And we had this discussion before, helping other oppressed communities I don't necessarily need you to answer that I okay. just kind of want to put that out there okay. as something to kind of think about yeah like because I've never understood why Jews and, and Jewish community and black community weren't closer knit but they but they were and see that's the thing though right like they were like I have a great book uh, about Jews and blacks mm -hmm. right have you ever read it I don't think so what's it um, I think it's called Blacks and Jews or uh, Jews and Blacks. Okay. Like it's something very, it's something very basic. Very basic. Okay. It's something very basic. I'll let you read it. And and how you know um, you're looking very uh, across the board, like in jazz music, mm -hmm. and when you look in New York, like slum lords, mm -hmm. and how you know they would buy these buildings dirt cheap and put blacks in them, mm -hmm. and they would become wealthy, mm -hmm. charging all this rent, and then mm -hmm. they would take that money and then invest it mm -hmm. in their community back in their neighborhoods, like, right. and they would use the blacks and, and you know, not help them mm -hmm. economically after using it. Like, it, it, it's very problematic, another buzzword, that um, has very deep roots. Mm -hmm. It's very deep roots, you know, and then when you look at you know, like we said, jazz music and, and music industry where you have all these titans mm -hmm. of two sides of the music business, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you have all these great musicians, then all these great label owners mm -hmm. and lawyers mm -hmm. and managers mm -hmm. who were what? Jewish. You know, mm -hmm. and these contracts weren't great and they owned all their rights and, you know, and we were forever entwined into a lot of negativity. Mm -hmm. You know, when then you get terms that I had to learn the hard way when you mm -hmm. like, oh man, he right. out my money. Yeah. Yep. You know, and you're like, oh man, and it's a very ugly term and, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's very rough. It's very rough and nasty business. But, you know, it's, it's funny, though, how, again, I've always said how stereotypes 
work mm-hmm. in certain people's favor. Yeah. You know, like, yep. it's like, oh, shoot, mm, I want him to be my lawyer. I want him to be my right. accountant. Yeah, like, like, oh, you're stereotyped as being good with money. Boo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish I was stereotyped as being good with money. Like, go ahead, give me your money. I'm good with money. Well, like, but you know what, though? You've never also advertised yourself as someone. I guarantee you, if you put yourself up, created a shingle, mm-hmm. and said, hey, guys, I'm a financial, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They're like, oh, wait, really? Yeah. People would believe it because, right. I mean, I'm just saying. Cause, yeah, because Joshua Cohen. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. How long has your sister been in business for herself? Oh, man. And at this point, it's been about six, seven years. Six or seven years. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. She's pretty good with money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she does. She's an accountant. <laughs> so 50% of y'all is good with money. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, so think about that. I'd say 90% of her clientele is black. Hey, you you got something else you want to say about this, man? <laughs> uh, well, I just I just want to say that that could be the okay. Um no, I have nothing else really from this. Okay. I just, <laughs> you, okay. My sister's not mm-hmm. she does not screw people out of their money. She gives more than she gets. I can tell you that right now. No, I'm I'm not saying I'm not no, saying No, no, I want to make but yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, silence yeah. clear to the viewers that we're not implying anything about my Oh, sister. yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know, I'm concussed. So <laughs> right. certain things are not as as fast as they should be mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um and we have one more thing. Trey, did you want to come on? For this last one or, or do we do we even deal with this or do we get out of here? All right, let's get out of here. We're done. Yeah, go ahead and close us out. All right, well, I mean, I do appreciate everybody tuning in. We were chock full of uh, different categories and topics tonight, so I hope you gained something from it. I definitely hope you learned something from it. Uh, We are returning tonight. We've got a a good lineup. Uh, Of course, we've got We the Dead, hosted by The Reggie Mathis. Mm -hmm. It's coming up tonight, 8.30. Coming up next at 7 p.m., hosted by Nikila Shannon and Stacey Majors. We have Speak On It. Um, are there any other events that we have going tonight? I don't think so. I think that's it. He said I said we did that. Yeah, I actually started with that. And then, of course, our normal schedule starts tonight with those programs, as well as tomorrow we're doing Prime News, Tuesday Black Lightning, Wednesday The Woo Show, Wednesday uh, the Versace, Gianni Versace Show. I, it's the A-S-C-A-C-S, A-C-S Versace. Uh, Thursday, another Prime News. We've got Thursday Wind Down and... True Baller Thursday. And then Fry Fry. And then we got Fry Fry on Friday. Uh, horrible. Uh, I want more people to watch that. We pick some really good crappy movies. Yeah, we do. To air. And you should you should definitely tune into those and watch with us and comment. So yeah. that is all. I appreciate uh, the revolution. Thank you. Um, coming back and being Thank the tent pole of this show today. Oh, I'm not the I'm not the tent pole. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. No. <laughs> today you were. Um, Trezene, thank you also for being on. I am Jay Cool Is It. We'll see you guys soon. Again, thank you for watching. See you. I'm gonna spin.